Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Technology and Sports, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the sports status quo with technology that changes how the games are played, managed, and enjoyed. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, oh, come on. You know you're in the right place because this is where the best run, and I might say this is where the best jump as well. What are we talking about here today? I've got a very provocative opening quote. We call it the buzz. It was in in an article written by Timo Elliott, uh, who is an SAP colleague of mine. He wrote it for Ubertech, and I found the article on ZDNet.com if you want to look it up. Here's the title of the article. Analytics is making basketball a more beautiful game. Just let that sink in. We've got a couple of keywords there. Analytics, yeah, we're talking technology. Basketball, who doesn't love basketball? And more beautiful game, well, those of you fans around the world who love it already, why not make it even more beautiful? So what are we talking about today? The NBA, National Basketball Association, is already one of the most technologically driven leagues in sports. They reach a global audience, but... You know what we say, don't rest on your laurels. The NBA is always looking for new ways to bring fans closer to the sport. Especially, there's a large percentage who've never seen a game live. So the NBA set out to fix this. The NBA and SAP, who is the sponsor of the show, as you know, launched NBA.com slash stats, S-T-A-T-S. What is the big deal about this? It makes 4.5 quadrillion, I said that, it starts with a Q, 4.5 quadrillion combinations of NBA statistics available in real time to fans and media, and the stats go back to 1946. Why don't you just take that all in? It is immense. It is exciting. It is Wow, for those of you who love basketball, wouldn't you like to know who made what basket when? Back to 1946, I'm willing to guess most of the listeners to the show weren't even born back then. I wasn't either, almost but not quite. According to Steve Helmuth, the NBA EVP of Media Operations and Technology, there's another result to this. Quote, play had become more exciting since the implementation of player tracking. Talking more technology, three-pointers increased by over 25%. Drives to the basket by 23% as teams and players use the new detailed data to optimize play. So we've got better performance. We've got better fan opportunities. What's not to love? Welcome, welcome, welcome to our very exciting series called Game Changing Technology in Sports. And shout out to Ryan Summers at SAP. I hope he's listening because this is going to be another great show. He's the sponsor. Let me tell you briefly who my three esteemed and very special panelists are, and then we'll get started. First up, we're going to be hearing from Sarah Axe. She spells her last name A-X. She's the VP and Account Director at an organization called Momentum Worldwide, and we're going to hear a lot more from Sarah about what she does, what her company does, and we've got a great quote I'm going to tee up for her in a moment. Joining her is Evan Wash. He's the Senior VP of Basketball Strategy and Analytics at NBA. I think he's the guy who helps make all this happen. His last name, if you want to look him up, is W-A-S-C-H, first name Evan. Welcome to Evan. And rounding out the panel, they're all newcomers to Game Changers. Dave Martinez, Director of Global Sponsorships at SAP, another mover and shaker who helps put all this together. So we're very, very happy to have you. And the title of this episode is, wait for it, 
NBA fans in technology, can you count to 4.5 quadrillion? Well, I sure can. So let's start off with the opening quote that Sarah Axe at Momentum Worldwide has sent me. The quote is from Billy G. King, born in Billy Jean King, born in 1943, American former world number one professional tennis player, 39 Grand Slams, 12 in singles, 16 in women doubles, 11 in mixed doubles, and it just goes on and on. She's a big advocate for gender equality in sports, and she won the Battle of the sexist tennis match against 55-year-old Bobby Riggs when she was just 29. Back in 1973, that's too much information. Here is the quote Sarah has picked from Billie Jean King. Pressure is a privilege. Sarah Axe, I love the quote. So happy you brought it to us. How are you today? Great, Bonnie. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Delighted. Talk to me. How did you find this quote? Pressure is a privilege. You have to tell me, what does it have to do with basketball, with NBA, with statistics, with tech? Go ahead. Well, it's the the, the title of Billie Jean's book. Um, We're actually not on a first-name basis. It's the title of Billie Jean King's book. Uh, It's uh, it's a great book. Highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in sports. Um, And I think it's, it's relevant really everywhere. Just what a great way to sort of approach life and to, to approach work. Um, I find it very inspiring to think of the times that are maybe hard or we don't know the way forward uh, and to, uh, to look at that as, a, as an opportunity rather than, rather than a difficulty. Um, so uh, not exactly on topic for the MBA in a very direct way, but uh, I find it helpful to think about those words uh, anytime sort of at a crossroads. I like it. I like it a lot. And and Sarah, going back to my opening about the NBA is trying to constantly improve. We're going to talk to Evan and Dave about how they're using technology. But but the question is, do you think that there was pressure on the NBA to expand the reach of statistics, to expand tech to help improve player performance and probably excitement of everybody involved? Do you think that the, we can apply the Billie Jean King quote to the field of basketball directly. Pressure is a privilege. Is this something the NBA said, wow, we really need to step this up. We really need to jump it higher, if you will. Sorry for that, Evan. <laughs> and and we feel really good about this. What do you think, Sarah? Oh, certainly. I mean, every major sports league team uh, is is facing the same challenge, which is to keep up with the, with the speed of technology and to think about not only how to implement uh, new technology into their sports, but how to make it accessible, understandable to fans, uh, and how to make it useful for the people that are participating in their sport, either from, from a, a, you know, a player level, coaching level, and, and as well as the fans who just want to feel really close to the sport. So I think absolutely. Thank you very much, Sarah. Very happy to have you here. Love the quote again. I have to think I have to get the book. And I'm going to move on now, and we're going to talk to Evan Wash at the NBA. Evan also has a very, very short quote. I like these short quotes. The quote is from David Fisdale, a Memphis NBA, NBA coach after the 2017 playoff. By the way, David Sean Fisdale, born in 1974, is an American professional basketball coach, head coach of the New York Knicks at the NBA, previously head for the Memphis Grizzlies, assistant for the Atlanta Hawks, the Golden State Warriors, the Miami Heat. If you want to learn about some of the controversies in his professional life, just look him up. Here's the quote Evan has selected from Mr. Fisdale. Take that for data. Evan Wash, how are you? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. 
Delighted to have you. I know you're a very busy guy. Tell me about this quote. We've got the word data in this, and we're talking about the advances the NBA is making with statistics. So tell me how this fits to our topic today, please. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I love this quote for a few reasons. Uh, you know, came at the, at the end of a, a heated rant that Coach Fisdale had after a Grizzlies uh, Spurs game, I believe, in 2017 in the playoffs. And essentially what, what he was focused on was the disparity in free throws uh, that were shot between the two teams. And so a lot of what my group focuses on is the performance of our, our officials. And so a quote that's, that's in that area felt very relevant to me, but really spoke to a couple other things. One, it spoke to how data has really entered uh, the narrative of basketball over the last 10 years mm-hmm. in a way that it hadn't previously. And it, it's hard to imagine a coach uh, saying something like this, again, 10, 10 years or more ago, um, you know, because that, that just wasn't the way that coaches talked about the game necessarily. And what you find is that you can really construct a lot of different narratives with data, whether it be for player performance data, tracking data, officiating data. And, you know, the key to being a good data scientist and analyst is to figure out what matters and what doesn't, essentially separating the signal from the noise mm-hmm. and, and parsing out how do I create uh, the, the optimal story that I want to tell and how do I use that to gain a competitive advantage. So if you sort of dig through what, what Coach Fisdale said, it wasn't just about, well, they shot more free throws than us. It was, we drove to the paint this many times and we had this many opportunities and yet we still didn't get this many foul calls, which is now speaking to the rate at which they draw foul calls so not just raw numbers. Uh, and again, it just showed this analytical savviness, um, you know, to, to the way he thought about the game and the way the organization looked at it. Uh, and then more broadly, I just, I love the passion of it. Uh, just to see our coaches get so fired up about a game, uh, try to use data to motivate themselves, motivate their team in a, a critical time of our, our season. Uh, it was just really energizing to see. Um, my department here at the league office, actually, we have a, a summer softball team and we, we named our team that summer, take that for data. Uh, so we were trying to leverage that in a fun way as well. And it's sort of become a mantra uh, for some of us here at the league office. I love it. Evan, the, the excitement in your voice is just right there. You're just bringing it. I have a question for you. Do you think we often talk on Game Changers Radio about change management, about culture changes, about bringing technology, bringing new processes to companies of uh, in any industry, and you're in the sports business, obviously. Do you think there was any resistance or did you observe any resistance when you said to people, we're going to capture, we're going to use analytics, we're going to capture statistics, we're going to make them available. It's going to be a lot of work, but we think it's going to really make the fans more excited and give more excitement to everybody involved in the game. Did you have to sell that idea to people, Evan, or was it just a, yeah, we rock? How was how that received? It's a little of both. So some of this arose organically. Actually, we're, we're unique in this, uh, at least in terms of North American sports leagues, where our teams were the first ones to really dig into player tracking data and had started partnering with different companies that could, could track new information that would give them competitive advantages. And we got to the point where enough of our teams had, had explored this technology that it made sense for the league to uh, implement it on, on a league-wide level. And, of course, once we had it for all 30 teams in all of our arenas, it made sense then to start to share that with fans and, and socialize this new way of talking about the game. So I wouldn't say there were, there were people against this necessarily, but there were definitely some more early adopters who were more versed in this type of information and, and, and how to talk about it and others who, who kind of came along uh, later on. But, but all in all, it's obviously been a very welcome change to the league. Uh, we, there are absolutely still um, naysayers in, in the basketball sense, uh, basketball space folks who are more 
journalists. Uh, you know, some of them are, are still broadcasters on our studio shows, uh, some more prominent ones who uh, a lot of our, our fans would, would recognize, um, you know, who don't necessarily believe in the, the, the deep data and analytics. And they, they mm-hmm. you know, think that the more basketball traditionalist lens is what, is what wins out in terms of winning basketball games. Uh, and I would just say that, you know, a lot of times that's a helpful and interesting debate to have. Uh, I think in some sense it's been settled that, that both the basketball and the, the analytics view is important, um, but it, it's still obviously out in, the, uh, in our conversations that, you know, to what degree are we going to use all this information that we have. Thank you for your very candid response, Evan. Once I said it, I wasn't sure where you're going with it. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I think that's a, a quote unquote normal, uh, opportunity for people to say, yes, I'm all for the advancement of technology in my sport, in my business, in my industry. And other people to say, nah, we're fine without it. And there has to be a meeting of the minds. As you go forward, though, I, I think you'll agree you'll find more and more people are excited. Just be, before I get to Dave Martinez, one more question, Evan. I'm, I'm so intrigued. Uh, question is, as you've launched this statistics opportunity, the website for, for your fans and your players, is there any particular era where the most statistics are being requested out of the quadrillions and quadrillions? Are people interested in going back to the, the 1940s because the data goes back to 46? Is it more modern? Any idea of, of where people are looking, what they're really looking for? Yeah, it's definitely more, the more recent stuff uh, is, is more, I think, relevant for our fans, especially because we have the traditional statistics all the way back to 1946. But when you're talking about the, the player tracking, so the you know, players' movement around the court and their speed, their distances, how many passes they throw, how many dribbles they take before shooting, uh, how many contested shots that are taken by, by uh, different players, how, how well different players contest shots, all those sort of more advanced in-depth metrics, we actually only have those for the last uh, six or seven years since we've implemented player tracking. So I, I think many of the 4.5 quadrillion statistics you can look at would actually be from the more recent seasons where the depth is so great. So I do think that's where our fans can really get lost in the data as opposed to the, the sort of more historical looks. Now, if you wanted to have a conversation about comparing players across eras, it's interesting how you can now do that with some of that information. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do think player, you know, more of the focus is on you know, ranking players today and understanding how teams compare to each other, how lineups perform, et cetera. Um, and it, it's a much more um, now conversation than it is a historical one. Thank you for answering that. I appreciate it. Very, still very, very exciting. Let me move on to Dave Martinez, Global Director, Global Sponsorships Director at SAP. Dave sent us a quote that he thought was, I think, from Vince Lombardi. It's usually attributed, but Dave and I have a favorite website called QuoteInvestigator.com. Yes, I actually use it late at night when I'm checking out the quotes my panelists have sent me. And it turns out, I'll read the quote in a second, everybody, but it turns out that the quote is from somebody who was deeply involved in sports you probably never heard of. There was a newspaper columnist named Stubby Currents. His full name was Virgil. L. His nickname was Stubby, S-T-U-B-B-Y, Currents. He lived from 1904 to 1981. Dave, he was a sports writer, a reporter, a columnist, and an editor for the Bluefield Daily Telegraph of Bluefield, West Virginia, for 52 years. And his columns were the press box and now and then. There is a Currents Award presented annually to the top student athlete in the newspaper circulation area in his name and the Currents Classic, get this, a collegiate basketball tournament named in his honor. I don't think, Dave, did you ever hear of Stubby Currents? I'm going to read the quote in a second. You ever heard of him? 
No, Bonnie, I'm so glad we became friends because uh, I'm, <laughs> and I'm glad this ended up being relevant to basketball as well because I it did was, not hear of Stubby. It was amazing when I looked it up and found out it was from Stubby Currents and I found out there's a basketball tournament in his honor. I thought, this is too good to be true. Here's the quote, everybody. You're not going to expect this one. The dictionary is the only place where success comes before work. Okay, those of you around the world who didn't get that, success starts with the letter S and W starts with, work starts with the letter W. So there we go. Dave Martinez, forgive me for the background check on the quote, but I was just so excited when I found out who this guy was. So Dave, welcome to Game Changers Radio. Talk to me about why you picked this quote, please. Thanks, Bonnie. And uh, yeah, thank you for the detective work. And and like I said, I'm glad it's still uh, relatable to sports. Very. Um, You know, it's What's funny is when, when you ask this question, uh, this was uh, a little bit of a challenge for me. I have a little note uh, on my phone, and it's, uh, it's titled Worth Remembering. Uh, and what I do is I jot down any, any kind of quote or any bit of information I hear that, that has a significant impact on me, right? I think in today's world, with its podcasts or the 24-hour news cycle, we're just in such an influx of information constantly. So whenever I do hear something that's impactful, I tend to write it down. And this one... I think the reason why it stands out to me is because it touched me on two different levels. One, mm-hmm. I think it's inspiring uh, when related to sports, right? Uh, it certainly motivates you uh, to work harder. Uh, and I think that that's something that, that uh, is relevant whether you're in whatever you're doing, right? And I also think that it's, it, it humbles me a little bit uh, in remembering that if you have achieved that success, I think you can always look back and realize you put in the time, you put in the effort, uh, and it wasn't easy to get there. So I really like this one because it touched me on two different levels. I love it. And and very, very interesting. Success comes before work in the dictionary only. The, the idea of what we've been talking about with Sarah and with Evan just a few minutes ago, Dave, there is work to add technology to something that's been around for a long, long time. We just talked about change management with Evan Wash from the perspective of the NBA and who embraces it, who doesn't want it, the culture change. So there is work to be done. And if success is defined by bringing a better experience, and we all know Customer experience, we're going to talk to Sarah about that in a minute. Customer experience is everything today. Everything has to be customer 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 concentric, customer focused. The customer is at the center of everything you're supposed to do. So if success is defined that way, leagues like the NBA need to do the work to get it done. Evan, can you just chime in on this? Do you agree with the quote? I just want to get your thoughts on this. Absolutely. I, I think um, everything that, that Dave said makes sense to me and uh you know it, it is it's about the, the customer experience and, and how do you uh, how do you engage fans with all that information thank you very much dave good choice for the quote even if you weren't realizing where it came from i i love the learning process on these i really enjoy this let's go back around the table to sarah axe momentum worldwide sarah i have three getting to know you up close and personal questions for you and then i'll ask the same three questions to evan and then dave martinez so sarah axe number one where in the world are you calling us from today? Just a general geographic area will do. Number two, what's your favorite beverage that powers you? We like to know what keeps you going, what makes you motivated or refreshed, whatever it is. And number three, tell us a little bit about Momentum Worldwide and what you do there. Sarah Axe, go ahead. Great. Um, well, I'm calling you from beautiful New York City. Our office has an amazing view of the Statue of Liberty, so I am enjoying that at this particular mm. moment. Uh, and uh, as it is the middle of the day, what's in my cup today is 
plain water. <laughs> um, but it is a beautiful summer day here, so I think uh, I think I can look forward with reasonable expectation to having some kind of delicious spritz later, something refreshing. Uh, oh, what's wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going to be in that spritz? Tell me what would that spritz be. Oh, um, well, uh, maybe it's a Campari and soda. It feels like a Campari and soda kind of day. Okay, that's very interesting. Thank you. That's what I wanted to know. Tell me what you do. <laughs> um, so Momentum Worldwide is uh, uh, an experiential agency. We support brands uh, that are working in the sports sponsorship, entertainment space. We're probably best known um, in the industry for uh, what, what we call experiential work. So that's uh, physical or digital uh, experiences that people may have um, and the brands put on in support of their either their sponsorships or their marketing partnerships. It could cover any kind of topic. Um, and we're, we're globally engaged um, as part of the ICPG family of agencies. Um, what we have, the reason we're here today is that we work very closely with, uh, with SAP and I've been working for a couple of years with Dave Martinez, uh, supporting him in uh, trying to help bring SAP's partnership with the NBA to life on the marketing side um, and how to make that feel uh, real to all of our fans and, uh, and SAP clients around the world. Thank you very much. I was all choked up listening to you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sarah. I got to think. I got to think about breathing here. Thank you so much, Evan Wash. I have the same three questions for you. Where in the world are you today, please? What's your favorite beverage? And if it's just water or something ordinary, forget that. Tell me what's the exciting thing. What you're going to have later, or what you had last night? I want to know. And Evan, tell us about your role at the NBA, please. Sure. Uh, so I am also uh, in New York City. I do not have a Statue of Liberty view like Sarah, but I'm, I'm looking out over. Rock Center and St. Patrick's Cathedral from our office mm. here in Manhattan. Um, my, uh, I guess my, my boring beverage then, my beverage of choice would be a, a cappuccino. I was never a coffee drinker in my life, but I have a, a nine-month-old at home. And so between baby sleep patterns and the late nights for the NBA playoffs, uh, I needed some sort of caffeine infusion. And uh, I hate the taste of coffee, so cappuccino is the best I could do to, to get the caffeine without the, the taste of the coffee. Um, and if I had to say what, what, what the drink at home tonight will be, some sort of uh, bourbon or scotch would probably be in the glass. Very um, interesting. Thing. Do you have a favorite brand of, of uh, the cappuccino? Do you make it at home? You got a, a machine uh, with a pot? You know, I, I, I'm not picky at all because, uh, again, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the difference. Uh, so we have, uh, we have machines here at work, and uh, I let those do the job. I love it. Thank you. You're, you're certainly up front with us. Thank you very much, Evan. And congratulations on the nine-month-old. I hope they are Thank getting you. ready to sleep at night or already already gracing you with that privilege. I know how that goes. And tell me, what do you do at the NBA, and how did you get involved in this field of work, Evan? Sure. So I've been with the NBA about eight years, and uh, I started my career on what was called the Global Strategy Team, looking at the league's business across a number of different business units from media to ticketing to, to partnerships. Um, and about four years ago, I transitioned into a role more on the basketball side. And so today I, I run a group that's called basketball strategy and analytics. And essentially our role is to use data uh, strategy and technology to try to improve the on-court product. You can kind of think about us as, as product development people for the game of basketball. And, and what that would entail is anything from, how we schedule the games to maximize the quality of competition and try to improve player health, 
to analyzing the performance of our referees to help our, our referee management team um, you know, train and develop our, our officiating staff as best as possible, to thinking about rules changes or technologies that we can employ to try to make the game more engaging for, for our fans. And so uh, I have a team of, of folks who are basketball experts and review the games to understand what's taking place. We have a team of data scientists who look at uh, all the information coming off the floor to understand how we could tweak things and maybe uh, improve the product. I have folks who are experts in technology and strategy, um, really just an R&D lab thinking about the game of basketball as the core product of the NBA. Very interesting. Thank you. And Evan, do you agree with Timo Elliott's title for his article, Analytics is Making Basketball a More Beautiful Game? Do you like that one? I, I do. And I think it's an interesting topic because I think in, across all sports, you've seen the, the rise of analytics and uh, you're seeing it impact the way the game is played. And not every sport has been necessarily lucky in the way that those analytics have impacted gameplay. Uh, and so in some sports, it turns out that one analytically optimal way to play the game is to slow the pace down or, um, you know, have a bunch of different changes in players or lineups. Um, and it, it actually has drawn fans away from some sports. I think the NBA has been particularly lucky that it turns out that the things that are most analytically uh, optimal to, to do in our game are also the things that our fans love the most, namely playing at a high pace, shooting three-pointers, getting plays to the basket, layups and dunks, um, and the sort of grinded out, slow down uh, play that maybe had become prevalent in our league of, you know, 20 to, to 15 years ago is less analytically optimal, and so you don't see as much of that anymore. So I, I think it's important for us to keep monitoring it to make sure none of these trends get too extreme. We don't want a game with mm-hmm. only three-pointers taken, but for sure to date we've been very lucky, lucky that analytics has made basketball an incredibly beautiful sport to watch. There you go. Thank you for working that in. I'm sure T- I have to start uh, copying, putting Timo on these tweets so he sees that. I will do that later. Okay, Dave Martinez, we'd love to know a little more about you. Where are you? What's your favorite beverage at any time of the day uh, or night? And what is your role in the partnerships, global partnerships for SAP? Sure, Bonnie. I am coming, I'm calling in from a very sunny and very happy San Francisco, Bay Area, California. Uh, very happy after last night's Game 5 uh, NBA Finals, of course, uh, with the big Warriors win. Uh, eagerly anticipating Game 6 coming up on Thursday. Uh, drink of choice. I'm going to do a little bit of a win in Rome here, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a sure. New Yorker on the East Coast, uh, certainly preferred an old-fashioned. Uh, that was my go-to cocktail. Uh, but since I'm um, within an Uber ride of, of wine country nowadays, I have to admit I've grown quite fond of the Sonoma Valley Pinot Noirs lately. Uh, and just to be clear uh, that it's 9 a.m. here on the West Coast, uh, these are all, none of these are in my cup right now. These are coming much later in the day. Okay. Thank you very much. And what do you do? So uh, as, as kind of Sarah mentioned, I, I, I'm tasked at SAP with uh, – bringing our partnerships to life, right? We're doing so many exciting things with, with the NBA and, and with a few other leagues and teams uh, here in North America to help improve the fan experience uh, and help, help these teams and leagues engage with the fans uh, at a deeper level. And, and our job is really, you know, figure out the best way to tell everybody about this, right? How do we bring these stories to life, show the innovation in creative and, and kind of authentic ways? Thank you very much. Do you enjoy what you do, Dave? You probably come into contact with a lot of very interesting people. We've got two of them on the show with us today. Is this an exciting field for you? 
I think the short answer to that is, is yes, and that's, that's probably uh, putting it lightly. Uh, I'm, as a diehard sports fan, um, I'm very fortunate, I feel, to work in an industry that I'm very passionate about and that I care about and, and have an opportunity to, uh, to help grow uh, this industry and help grow how fans interact with the teams and the league that they love. So I think the short answer is yes. Wonderful. I like that short answer. And just for those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, creator, producer, host of 43 Game Changers series for SAP. We've got 14 series in live production this year. It's 2019. And one of the most exciting series I produce and host is Game Changing Technology and Sports Radio because we cover such interesting topics that somebody's a sports fan somewhere in the world at any time of the day or night. So this is very exciting to be talking about technology and Analytics in the NBA. We're here today with Sarah Axe at Momentum Worldwide, Evan Wash, W A S C H, if you're looking for him, NBA, and Dave Martinez at SAP. I'm only allowed to drink water because they don't let me near caffeine, Evan, on radio show days, and I've already done another show an hour ago before this one. So, no, you can imagine me with caffeine. You don't want to be there. We're going to take a really, really, really quick break just to refresh for 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds, and we're going to come back and start the round table. We've already been going around and around the table. We're going to reference the notes that my panelists sent me and see what's important to them about this topic. We'll start off with Sarah Axe at Momentum Worldwide. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. We'll be right back. Aaron out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network game-changing technology and sports brings you stories about how technology is the new mvp like the floating sensors on buoys to provide wind and tidal info for sailors game apps for coaches to make decisions in an instant and once-in-a-lifetime fan experiences that amaze on site and on mobile devices technology is redefining how sports are watched played and managed we'll dive into it all from the field of play to the back offices to learn what's new and what's next in the world of game-changing technology and sports from the boardroom to you voice america business network you're listening to game-changing technology and sports presented by sap you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag saparadio now let's get back to game-changing technology and sports Yes, indeed. We are talking about technology, specifically analytics, that is changing the game in sports. And that's a double entendre, in case you didn't get it. My very special panelists today are Sarah Axe, AX, at Momentum Worldwide, Evan Wash at the NBA, and Dave Martinez at SAP. We're going to start the roundtable formally right now, even though we've formerly been going around the table. Great topic, talking about analytics in basketball. Uh, let's see what Sarah Axe has on her mind. Here's what she told me before. For the show. She says earlier this year, SAP and the NBA teamed up to produce and air a new reality TV show called GM School. I'm just going to stop right there. Sarah, please explain what this is that we'll bring in Evan and Dave to talk about this. Sarah Axe, you're up. Sure. Um, thanks for that. So, yeah, so as we were saying, you know, um, every brand is, is looking at important ways to sort of demonstrate 
what they're going to do, not just what they say. So what, what SAP and the MBA have teamed up to do is to create this incredibly rich physical environment that Evan alluded to. And uh, one of the ways that we wanted to make sure everyone knew about that is a way that was fun for them and entertaining and a way that they could understand it. Um, so we created a reality television show in which uh, fans of all kinds could sort of uh, see the impact and see uh, their emotional connection to, to the way staff are impacting the game of basketball. We gave four uh, contestants the opportunity to compete in a series of challenges where they really had to behave like general managers. They had mm-hmm. to use the analytics that were in front of them and interpret them in a way that would be effective. Um, you know, we the, the NBA stage gives you so much data, uh, and having that data and being able to uh, pull insights out of that and use them effectively to make great decisions is, is just such a, a, a great example of the power of SAP and the power of the relationship that they have together. So um, we set these four sort of young hopefuls up uh, and pitted them against each other, and we came out with a winner who really demonstrated the chops to be in a front office uh, in, in, a, in a real NBA role. Um, this young gentleman who ended up winning uh, was able to do a job interview at the, at the NBA, sort of speak to HR about what the possibilities could be in the future. It was, really, uh, it was a really fun and exciting program, uh, and for us really gave fans an opportunity to be entertained while still seeing the value and the importance of staff. Um, it's, it's, the other thing about it that we, that we love so much is that, uh, you know, it used to be that front office roles were sort of for ex-players, and now we're seeing that there is this great opportunity for people who may never have dribbled a basketball, who may never have an opportunity to sort of succeed on the court, to have this real impact uh, in the sport and have, have a, a pathway into this industry that's so engaging and so exciting. Um, so we were thrilled to be able to, to work on this with the NBA. It's completely different than anything we've ever done before uh, and was sort of a, a unique application of, of this partnership in a way that, that we found pretty fun and, and, and pretty engaging. Very exciting. And by the way, I Googled it, and there's a wonderful article. I think it's a wonderful article on Forbes.com from February 28th of this year. It's gotten almost 2,000 views, written by Christy Dosh, D-O-S-H. And the title is, Reality TV Show Gives NBA Fans Shot at quote-unquote GM school. SAP, the NBA's data analytics partner, recently released a reality competition show, GM School, that pits four diehard basketball fans with a passion for data against one another to see who has what it takes to be a GM in the NBA. Very, very interesting. And it's all about the 4.5 quadrillion combinations of statistics, too. Very cool. And they list the four panelists. Uh, Matthew Ellis, MBA candidate at Columbia Business School. Anish Patel, uh, Master's in Finance, specializing in analytics. Uh, Nicolette Yvette, I'm glad to see it as a female in here. Nicolette Yvette Fortner, Operations for a Mental Health Services Organization for Underserved New Yorkers, who plays basketball. And Mo Gumate from Las Vegas, who hosts a daily nationally syndicated drive time FM show in the Philippines. Wow, what a what a group! Evan, love to get you chime in here about this GM school. What are your thoughts? How exciting is this? Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, so I was honored to be asked to be one of the judges of the show, and I, so I judged along with uh, NBA legend Kevin McHale as well as David Griffin, uh, formerly the, the Cleveland Cavaliers GM, 
Uh, he was between roles when we did the show earlier this year, and, and now he's recently been hired as the new executive vice president of basketball operations for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and so a, a, a great group to work with. And uh, it was just a ton of fun. I got to, to hone my reality TV persona um, and just engage with this diverse but really talented group of candidates who got to go through these different challenges about basketball analytics. Uh, the particular challenge that I judged was, was a, a drafting challenge where the, the contestants were given some anonymized data uh, about players and then had to determine which players would, would fit most optimally into their teams. Um, they, they were told after the fact that they were in, in reality looking at the profiles of actual NBA players um, and not just uh, you know random statistics. And so they, we had a big reveal where they got to see which players they drafted, which, which made for a fun element as well. But I just thought it was a, a great way to showcase um, you know, a, a big piece of the, the team-building process that's now uh, become so prevalent in the NBA. And uh, again, it was just a real, real joy to be a part of it. Very exciting. When you said you put on your, your uh, reality TV pers- persona, what did, did you have to do anything to do? I mean, you sound like you're ready for a reality TV to me right now, Evan. But was there anything you had to do to get your head, I forgive this, get your head in the game? What did you have to do? Uh, mostly I just had to make sure to be a little more serious than, than my normal self. I, uh, I tend to be uh, quite sarcastic and uh, li- like to make jokes. So in that form, I had to, to take them a little more seriously and make sure that I was giving them the proper um, you know, judgment of, of their work to, to make the best decision as to who would win each of the challenges and ultimately the, uh, the overall. So I wasn't able to, to find any catchphrases during the show, but I'm hopeful that if we do another episode, I, I might try to build something in there that can become more lasting. I think you will for sure. Dave Martinez, join us. I know you're a big fan of GM School. Talk to me about your, your perspective on the show. What do you see? What did you find? What was your involvement? Yeah, uh, I loved it, Bonnie. And, and I have to say, tying into the 4.5 quadrillion uh, statistics, right, that's, that's the innovation that SAP had built with the NBA. Uh, and, and we wanted to, to highlight uh, the growing impact that, that analytics and insights have on, on basketball teams, right? Um, you're seeing more and more teams building out that infrastructure. Um, obviously, the league has it with, with, uh, with Evan and, and the team that he leads, but you're seeing a lot more of the teams now seeing the value and importance of, of taking in this data and, and pulling out uh, information from it, right? So we wanted to show uh, how they apply that and kind of marry the, the, the fans, the knowledgeable fans, our four fantastic contestants, uh, and how they were, you know, stats experts, and they had, had, had leveraged the, the NBA.com slash stats site, and how they would apply that to building a roster if they had a spot on the team, right? And, and I'll tell you just a side story real quickly. I, this mm-hmm. name will sound familiar to, to Evan and Sarah. Uh, John Hollinger, I remember about 11 years ago, was the first time I saw this becoming a reality. John Hollinger is well known for, for inventing the PER statistic, which has become uh, player efficiency rating, which has become one of the more popular basketball metrics uh, nowadays, and he had a, a blog, and he wrote for Sports Illustrated and ESPN, and he was hired at a team uh, to head up advanced analytics, uh, and I think he ended up becoming the vice president of basketball operations. So it showed now there was a way into the industry. This is an industry in very high demand, and it's very difficult to break into, right? And this analytics movement is providing more and more opportunity, and I think that together, uh, the NBA with Momentum and SAP, we came up with a great idea to to provide another opportunity for someone who is deserving to, to break into that. And that's what the show really brings, brings to the forefront. 
Thank you very much. No lack of enthusiasm on the panel for this one. This was a great topic. I, I didn't even know what it was. I saw it in the notes, and now I'm learning. Evan Wash, I'm going to pick up one of the statements you sent me before the show. This is very interesting. Everybody listen up. Evan says, The integrity of the competition is of utmost importance, and the NBA has made changes, talking about the draft lottery, which you can explain, and explored future innovations, play-in, tournament, shorter regular season, to ensure all teams have maximum incentive to compete each and every night. Evan, can you uh, pull this apart for me, please, and, and explain some of this? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as the governing body for the NBA, I think one of the things that we are we are tasked with most importantly is maintaining the integrity and fairness of the competition. And when you think about sporting competition, ultimately what, what fans want to know is that the, the competition's on the level, right? So everyone has a, has a fair opportunity to compete each and every night and that teams have the maximum incentive to win so that we, when you go to a game, you're rightfully rooting for your team to win that game because of the benefit that that, that team is going to get from that win. And I think what you've seen as teams have gotten smarter and smarter over the years is that there are some opportunities or there are some times where strategically it might make sense for a team not to try its best on any given night or not necessarily to, to try to lose a game, but uh, either rest a player so that that player is available later on in the season or during the playoffs, or to try to boost their, their lottery odds or to try to play younger players to build towards the future. And ultimately, those things together can, you know, over time can start to erode at the, the integrity of the sport. And so what we've mm-hmm. focused on is ways that we can encourage um, that, that maximal effort, maximal competition. Uh, and one of the changes, as you referenced, that we made, a, a, actually that just took effect this past season, was a change to our, our draft lottery odds. And essentially the way our draft works is that the teams that miss out on the playoffs get the top 14 picks in the draft, and those picks are allocated um, based on a combination of the team's record and then a lottery drawing for who will get the, the, the top picks in the draft, and the odds are weighted based on the records. And so what we saw over time was some teams that once they were eliminated from the playoffs, maybe pursuing higher draft odds at the cost of, of wins. And so we looked at a, a new model whereby we essentially flattened the odds a little bit to say we don't want to encourage teams to race to the bottom of the standings to get higher odds. Um, once a team is out of the playoffs, that, that's fine, but we want them to still be competing. And so what we did is flatten the odds for the bottom three teams in the draft lottery such that there's, there's no real incentive to be the worst team in the league because you don't actually get any material benefit in terms of the draft order. Um, and it's only been one year since, since that's been implemented, but we did see some positive returns even in year one with some of our non-playoff teams performing um, much better and competing much harder towards the end of the season. So we're hopeful that that is sustainable. But we're also looking at, at other things we could do in the longer term. So, for example, you know, right now we've got a system where 16 of our 30 teams make the playoffs. And so uh, by the midway point of the season, you've got several teams that are likely to lock into playoff spots, several teams that are highly likely not to make the playoffs and a, a, you know, a handful of teams fighting on the fringe. And so we look at other sports leagues around the world, specifically European soccer, for example, where there's, there's multiple tiers to compete for. There's, you know, there's the champion of the league. There's the, the teams that qualify for a Champions League or for a Europa League. There's relegation at the bottom of the league. And so there's always a reason to be one tier higher than you currently are in the standings. 
And so we look at things like a, a playing tournament, for example, that would look kind of like you know, baseball's wild card game, where it's not just the 16 teams in the playoffs, that some number of teams would lock in playoff spots. Uh, a next tier would then compete in this play-in tournament to get into the playoffs, and then the teams at the bottom would be fighting their way to get into that play-in. And we think things like that, or you know, potentially Adam Adam Silver, our commissioner, has even talked about. Well, what if what if we shorten the season, right? What if we had fewer games, such that mm-hmm. each individual game was more meaningful towards the ultimate goal of, of winning a championship? You know, would that have any impact on those competitive incentives? So those are things that we're always kicking around and. Not surprisingly, and the theme of this discussion is there's a lot of data and science that goes into that thinking of sort of a lot of behavioral economics to how teams behave and, uh, and respond to different changes. So uh, it takes a lot of you know, strate- uh, strategy and thought behind making those changes to get the outcome we want. Thank you very much. I'm learning a lot. Uh, Dave Martinez, chime in, please. Thoughts about competition and everything that Evan said. Agree, disagree? You want to add some flavor to it? Yeah, I think uh, Evan did a great job of highlighting why the NBA is considered one of the most forward-thinking organizations uh, in the world mm-hmm. of sports, right? Uh, they've, NBA has been growing uh, year over year, uh, so it's probably pretty easy to sit rest on your laurels there and all the success you've had, but uh, that is certainly not what they're doing, right? Uh, look, as, as a tech company, we certainly want to work with organizations that are at the cutting edge of their industry, and I think the examples of, of you know, talking about how can we potentially modify the regular season? Uh, at, at Adam's uh, conference, Adam Silver's conference uh, pre-finals, he, he brought up uh, the opportunity potentially to start the West Coast games a little earlier uh, so people on the East Coast don't fall asleep. Uh, they're, they're con- a mid-season tournament, uh, as Evan mentioned, right? So I think that working with a league that's constantly looking at, at how to embrace not only technology, but just you know, all of the modernizations uh, in the world, right, and how to apply that to their game uh, is certainly an organization that that you want to work with that is certainly poised uh, to continue to grow uh, their game. Thank you. Sarah Axe, join us. Thoughts about the idea of competition? And we've just come off talking about GM schools as a perfect chance for you to chime in. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think from my perspective as a marketer, the reason this, works right now is because we have a fan base that is really excited about this kind of thing. They're really excited about uh, understanding the game more, being closer to it, uh, and and they're sort of consuming the level of detail that helps them to understand some of these innovations and really to, to embrace them as, as fans. We, we recently saw a study that PwC did um, late last year the most per- popular kind of personalized content that fans are looking for is stats-based content. There's mm-hmm. so much information, and fans are already in these sort of basketball spaces consuming this. Uh, it, it just it makes sense. They're using this knowledge almost as, as currency in order to sort of uh, perform their fandom. And, and uh, so I think the, the confluence of these things is really powerful, right, that, that the league is so willing to make these changes and support these innovations that partners are along for the ride uh, and that the fans are sort of there ready, ready to, to respond back and, and, and to follow along the game. It just helps them feel even closer to the competition. So I, I think it's, it's super powerful both from an intellectual level as well as an emotional level and keeping fans, uh, you know, engaged and seeing their, the product on court as high quality as possible. And Evan certainly is supporting that with the work of his team. 
Yep, all, all good. I want to squeeze in one more quick topic here. We're about a minute and a half away from our crystal ball predictions round. Can't wait for that. But Dave Martinez, in your notes, you talked about sponsorships industry. I didn't know there was an industry. Can you just give us a couple highlights? You say here sports is one of the most powerful platforms in America, so it's logical that the sponsorship industry continues to grow. Brand awareness is and always will be a key component, but brands are looking for more now. Just give us a quick overview. What is the sponsorship industry, Dave? And then, Sarah, get ready. I'm going to tee you up for 60 seconds for your prediction as soon as Dave is done. Go ahead. Sure, Bonnie. I'll keep this brief. But um, I think that nowadays I can speak for, for most you know brands, right? We're looking to, when we when we partner with sports teams, sports and entertainment organizations, we're looking to encompass, you know, multiple verticals here, right? Brand awareness, innovation, community impact, uh, engage our employees, right? Uh, this, is, this is an industry that traditionally has been based on brand awareness, but, but that's changing very quickly, especially as you bring a lot of B2B brands uh, into the fold, right? And, you know, I, I, again, we're talking basketball here, so I'll talk about the NBA, and that is a perfect example of, of what we're looking for uh, when we partner with organizations, right? We have a great showcase uh, with the NBA, as we've been talking about today on NBA.com slash stats. Uh, we have a great activation. How do we tell that story with, the G, with GM School show, right? We have strong brand awareness uh, at all the NBA signature events, uh, great social media campaigns with infographics that, are, that Sarah mentioned that are giving fans those insights that they're craving right now. Great community programs. Uh, NBA Cares is, is one certainly setting the bar very high for impactful uh, CSR mm-hmm. activity, and, and we work with them around a great all-star program every year. And we engage our employees as well. They love, and SAP employees love to represent SAP and the NBA at these volunteer opportunities uh, while doing something impactful for the community. So I think when you look at these 360-degree programs, these are what brands are looking to get out of sponsorships when they partner with organizations. Uh, and the NBA is certainly a great example for us. Thank you very much. Good overview. Wish we had more time. Sarah Axe, Momentum Worldwide. Love to hear your thoughts. On, let's go between now and 2025. Let's talk a little bit about technology. We can focus on the NBA where do you see this partnership, not just SAP and NBA, but in general at a higher level? What do you predict will happen in the world of analytics, in the world of sports between now and then? Sarah, 60 seconds. They're all yours. Hit it. All right. Well, I think every league is sort of thinking about the right way to take this uh, amazing level of uh, of analytics and, and the real-time data that's already available and making it really custom and personalized to people. Um, Momentum recently did a study uh, in which we figured out that 78% of people are looking for uh, experiences more than material items, and 80%, some 80% of people, 86% or something like that, is looking for uh, and expecting that brands should uh, improve their spirits, help, you know, help make them feel better, and I think that comes down to giving them exactly what they're looking for in the spaces that they already are. I don't see this trend going anywhere, and I think it's really a question of um, which uh, which sort of outlet, uh, whether it's a league, whether it's a media outlet, is going to be the first to really crack that nut and find a way to, to create real-time customization in home. Thank you very much. Evan Wash, you're up next. I have 60 seconds with your name on them. Talk to me. What do you predict? Sure. I'll, I'll go with uh, artificial intelligence. It might sound mm. a little cliche in some other industries, but I think... 
what you're going to see in, in sports over the next you know, five to 10 years is really the integration of, of artificial intelligence and machine learning in decision-making. And so some teams are already uh, invested in these spaces and, and using them to their competitive benefit, but you'll see things like lineup constructions and playing strategies and uh, player drafting and all, all of these sort of key skills that a team uh, needs to develop will, will be augmented by um, these, these artificially intelligent um, data models. And I think we at the league are going to start to implement some of these things as well. And you can think about even something as, as traditionally human as officiating, right? That there's, there's mm-hmm. difficult calls in every game. Last night we had two very difficult goaltending calls in the last few minutes. What if we could have computer vision technology that, that tells us when a goaltending occurred so that the human referees can focus on the more, the more challenging uh, subjective calls like, like fouls and traveling and things like that? And so looking at how you implement technology to aid in the processes that traditionally have been uh, human-based processes uh, and, and you know, augmenting that with, with AI, machine learning, and computer vision we think is a tremendous opportunity both at the team and league level. Thank you very much. Dave Martinez, I have exactly 60 seconds for you. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to say something. I don't know if we have how many European listeners we have. You may get some mail about this one, Bonnie, or, or South American. But I'm going to say, based on some of the things that Evan was talking about and, and how they're embracing technology and forward thinking, I'm going to say down the road, 10, 15 years, basketball is going to rival soccer as the world's game. Mmm, interesting. I love provocative predictions. Thank you very much. We'll have to get together and cover that again. Evan, what do you think? You agree or disagree? Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? As the French would say, pourquoi pas, right? Why not? Sarah, you in on that one? We're ready for the crown. Ready for the crown. Sarah, you agree totally with that agree. one? I mean... Absolutely. Okay, Evan's the one that's going to make it happen. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Rah, rah, team Evan Wash. Okay, I want to thank everybody, and especially Ryan Summers at SAP for putting this show together. Ryan, you really outdid yourself on this one. Great energy, great information. Love talking to the three of them. Thank you also to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Or just keep jumping. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Sarah Axe at Momentum Worldwide, just like Evan Wash at the NBA, and just like Dave Martinez at SAP. I'm Bonnie DeGram. I'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's Wednesday with my brand new series, Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, talking about what's happening in the clothing industry in terms of clothing for all. You may be easy, have easy time getting dressed in the morning, but not everybody does because of disabilities and everything else. So what are they doing for adaptive clothing? We're going to find out. Have a great one. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game-Changing Technology and Sports, presented by SAP. The best run SAP. Subscribe to Game-Changing Technology and Sports on iTunes and catch up on previous episodes. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.